entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good, but it's long, this hood. Ooh, this pop is hot, or this strong, with so many different flows. This one's with that song. money making. Ha ha, yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, yeah. It's season three of TVD. Two days Who don't do us today? What my man say? Three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> but we back, man. I don't know how, how you feeling. I, I actually, I ain't even going to ask you how you feel. For those that don't know that have not seen my man Billy <laughs> on the socials <laughs> missing. You know, he, he surely ain't dancing. <laughs> he ain't going to death row. <laughs> the man done tore his Achilles <laughs> off the <sighs> Walking around with a leg scooter. <laughs> I hate to laugh. But my main question is, I mean, it's raining right now. Does your, does your leg still wear because it's raining? I think it do, though. Like, I feel a little pulsing sensation. But I also haven't, you know, normally I wake up. My girl is normally not here. But when she come home during her lunch break, she normally get the ice machine ready for me. So I ice my jaw up. Haven't got to that point yet. And so we're recording the pod right now as well. So I probably won't be able to do that. So it's going to feel weird today. But it's like, at least I have an excuse for why I can't, like, hoop, dribble, shoot, be at places that I was, quote, unquote, required to be at in order to get paid. But that guy, Ben Simmons, isn't isn't in the same conversation as me right now, yo. And I know, like, I know I've, like, we've been away for a little bit, and I posted some videos about the guy, and I guess how I feel but at the same time, man, it's like there's a lot going on with the Sixers team right now. And coming off the back of being the number one seed in the East and then subsequently losing to the Hawks, that's it's a little it's a little rough. And now we're coming into a season where, you know, Ben Simmons is unhappy, wants to be traded, trying to force his way out. Too bad he's not that good of a player to do that. Like he's not James Harden. I don't know why he keeps thinking that he's on the level of these guys. And to like a certain extent, he is like he is an all-star. He is a, you know, first team defensive player of the year. Like I get it. But bro, you just, you just not him like that. But maybe I'm tripping, man. Maybe I, maybe I, maybe the, the, the injury, the drugs got my mind messed up. Am I tripping? Just let me know. Check me. Um, I mean, Ben Simmons is a premier player in the NBA. I think we can agree on that. Ben Simmons is one of the probably 25 best players in the NBA. Maybe. We really have to sit and go through the 25 because then you're kind of looking into, you know, your preferences of what you like as a player, or for a player, I should say, as opposed to where they should or shouldn't rank. But I mean... He's a known name. He's a he's a commodity in the NBA. He's you know something we haven't really seen before. In some ways, good. <laughs> Most ways, bad though, because <laughs> it's like like we saw Magic six eight six nine, you know, jump ball and then he running point. You know, he's big guard. Doesn't really shoot the ball that well. Doesn't really shoot that often, but commands the floor, dictates the tempo. He's, you know, he's doing everything else. We fast forward a little bit. We got, we now, we got Ben Simmons up close to personal. He's in Philly. We get to see him more than most. You know, we've seen at least bare minimum 42 games in this guy for years. 
<laughs> so I'm coming as a as a as a young, highly touted stud. Hit a couple buckets, you know, summer league. Oh, uh, had a nice solid first rookie season, you know, rookie of the year. Donovan Mitchell somewhere still sick about that type shit, but things change, man. And my problem with the guy now is the same problem that we all had when he was first here. So, no, I don't think you're tripping. <laughs> I think you're calling a spade for what it is. And it's not like a, a, a it's not the big joker. It's not the little joker. <laughs> it's not the two of diamonds if you play that way. It's not the two of spades. It ain't even the ace of spades. It's probably the three of spades. I mean, it's a spade in the sense that it'll win you most books. But when it comes time to fight with the big boys, he ain't got it like that. You ain't going to win the book. And Ben Simmons to me is in a lose, 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 lose situation now. Because you're trying to dictate what's going on. You don't want to be in Philly, cool, whatever. But like you're also in a lucrative and extendable contract. It's already been signed, sale, and delivered. So that leverage that the Hardens and, you know, shit, the KDs at times, you know, that leverage that those guys have on top of being one of ones in every sense of the imagination, you don't got that leverage. That's why your brand's sitting in the escrow account right now. So now my question to you is, as the fan of the Sixers, what do you want to see happen? Because I don't see any way that this ends anytime soon. And I don't like I don't see him getting traded before the season starts. I don't even know if I see him getting moved at the deadline this year. I don't oh, no, know, man. I don't, I don't know. I, I think like it's too toxic, it's too volatile the situation to have him sit an entire season. I feel like he has to get moved at the deadline. But I'm looking around and I don't know. Like, do team? Do you think teams want him now? I think teams do want him. Yeah, and I think it just is going to come to the point of what is Daryl Morey going to be willing to give up, or what is Daryl Morey willing to get back? And like, is he going to be able to temper how much he wants for Ben Simmons because he is a talented player, and there is talented offers out there. Like, there are solid offers out there. It's just. Daryl Morey doesn't want to be in a situation where, okay, let's say I take a Buddy Heald or let's say I take um, a Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana. Am I going to kick myself in the ass later when at the deadline, Dame's claiming he wants to be traded and he wants to be moved? And now you're, because things didn't work out with Chauncey like he thought they were going to or or. Chauncey didn't prove anything to him at the trade deadline. So he's at the point where it's like, yo, I, I need to win. I need to do what's best for me in my career. I need to get out of here. So that's the type of things that I'm thinking Daryl Morey's thinking. He's like, look, I got to play this by ear and I have to figure out what's the best thing for me and my team in the situation. Because if you look at the Sixers roster right now, even without Ben, we still got a lot. And, like, we retained a lot of players who we had last year and Furkan Korkmaz and Danny Green. Like, you know, we didn't even get to see Danny Green in the playoffs for real. For real. We saw him in that first series against Washington, and then he got hurt. You know, I truly believe that if we have Danny Green, we win the Hawks series regardless. But, you know, we didn't, and things went the way that they did. But at the end of the day, I think Darren Boy is going to take this day by day. And he has no issues with Ben not coming to play, bro. That, money, that escrow account will just keep growing. We don't care, bro. Because at the end of the day, you signed the contract a year ago. You signed the five-year deal. And the, and the notion of him saying that, oh, him and B don't work is bullshit. Because you don't sign a five-year deal a year ago if you truly believed that you and B couldn't work. That's bullshit. That's a cover-up because you're mad that you blew it in the playoffs and the fans are killing you for it. But this, what do you expect? Take ownership. And I think this is another issue that teams also don't like about Ben Simmons, that he's not taking ownership for his actions. 
it's there's nothing wrong with underperforming or um, not playing as well as you hoped in a situation. It happens. It's the league. But the mere fact that you're not even willing or able to take responsibility for what you did in that situation is a red flag for a lot of teams. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm very proud of you. I was not expecting half of what you said. Most <laughs> of it, I was like, you know, he's pretty, he's pretty spot on. I, I agree. But what caught me the most about what you said was the fact was the Dame portion of that. Do is move Ben Simmons to a place Damian Lillard actually be available. And I think that is the one thing that I wasn't really going to give too much thought to. But I think it's a good point. Only because you get Dame, the whole James Harden for Ben Simmons fiasco doesn't look as bad. But right now, (laughs) I don't know where the Sixers go, because they're going to be able to get something back from them. You're never going to get, you know, the value back that you want for a guy like that. So you're going to have to cut your tie somewhere in the middle. Now, whether that's him going to Minnesota for D'Angelo Russell or some shit, all right, cool. If I'm Maury, I'm, I might be trying to get Edwards out of that situation. Because if you do that, you're set for now and you're set for the future because Anthony Edwards is one of those guys. Yeah, he's a funny, memeable guy. You know, he's like the NBA Keyshawn Johnson. I get it. <laughs> the nigga got some game, man. And if he can get out of a place like Minnesota, which sidebar, I know we don't really feel like Cat, one of them bulls, but he got to get out of there, yo. I saw him talking about all the things he's been going through. Yeah, and that was some wild he was, shit. He was sound like he was breaking like men, mentally. Like he got a, we, they got a free cat. I, I'm I'm here for a free cat all season three. But back to business. Ben Simmons needs to get the fuck out of there because he had people in Philly holding cats up. Raise the cat. <laughs> you can't even raise and shoot a jump shot, man. It's like. Now there's this question of, all right, are you going to build your team, trade for Ben Simmons and build your, your team around him after we've heard, we've heard or seen reports that he wants to go to a team that is schematically structured around him? I find that to be a hard thing to do in this version of the NBA where spacing and shooting matters more than anything. Right. Because now you're telling me you're essentially you essentially want to be the selfish assist guy, which isn't a bad thing because we saw Rondo do that towards his last few years where he was with with, with Paul Pierce and KG. You know that Rondo was, was shooting though, bro. Like that's the thing. No, like, no, no, he was. But the thing I'm saying I'm I'm trying to get at is the idea of Rondo back then only wanting to give. Certain guys assist. We'll call it say we'll, we'll say the rumors true, right? Yeah, that's cool. You know, he, he he's affecting the game and all that, but like you said, he would at least still shoot when it mattered most because he understood him not shooting the ball is worse than him shooting that joint and not hitting anything. Mm-hmm. Because we could go, we could, I mean, we've been playing, we've played basketball together, we throwing the ball back and forth, right to left swinging the rock around a good offensive possession and then you we swing it to some bull and he don't shoot the open shot <laughs> it's like bro your non-shot is more frustrating than you shooting at joint and missing because you're at least shooting the flow of the offense you're now stalling and stagnating my offense mm-hmm. so if i'm a gm why do i want to do that is it is it the football mentality of oh i can fix that guy which is cool 
But I don't know if that's a fixable thing. It's not like I I I do not believe my dad say this shit all the time. Well, what happens when Ben Simmons gets traded and he starts shooting the ball? My pop, I don't got him down for it. I don't know, bro. I, I and and I I've 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 teetered with this thought time and time again because it's very confusing. And you mentioned earlier about his summer league performance and him taking those shots. And then you hear the comments that he's talking about Embiid, but he just signed the contract. And it's like, is he just trying to leave Philly? Like, does he just not want to be in this situation anymore? And like, it wouldn't shock me. And I, and I, I have no fans are, are, are teaming with this as well, but it really wouldn't shock me if Ben Simmons went to another team or went to, you know, even, you know, he, he thought he was going to Houston last year. He was looking for cribs in Houston because he thought he was going to be traded for James Harden. Like, that's how much he thought he was already out of here. So I think mentally he's already, he, since last year, he's been ready to dip. He's been out. So I think if he does go to a new team, I think he does shoot the ball. I think that he does do more of these things that we've been asking him to do because he's in a new space. Now, I think he's, been, he's trying to pry his way out. But, bro, you signed a five-year deal with a team, and you just saw that they brought in a GM, and there was high talks of us getting hard in. So you feel sick about that. You got in your feelings. And then we were the first team. Uh, we were the first, we were top team in the East. And you didn't expect that. And then we got to the playoffs, won the first round, got to the second round. You got scared. You got the hiccups from the free throw line. Shit went bad. And now you didn't like how the fans treated you. And so you just want to play the victim. That's corny, bro. That's corny. You can't do that, bro. You can't. You can't. But it wouldn't surprise me, dog. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes to another team and starts shooting the rock. You know, the more I think about it, because I remember when he first got to Philly and there was people, not not people, I'm just going to say there was there was things flying around or floating around that, you know, Ben Simmons isn't necessarily the most coachable guy. He's kind of an arrogant guy. He does things that are spiteful at times, all stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, he's young. Like, that's a lot to, it's a lot to hold over a young player. But now you fast forward to where we are now, and part of me kind of feels like you might be right. Like, maybe he does get traded. Well, I'm not going to say maybe he gets traded because he's going to eventually be gone. But maybe when he gets to that new team, maybe this whole time he really was just on some, oh, shit, I'm not shooting in Philly type shit. And, like, if that's the case, there's no way I want a guy like that on my roster. No way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't you're 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 hindering the success of an organization by not doing the bare minimum of your role. Everybody in the NBA, whether they do it proficiently or horribly, can dribble, can pass, can rebound, and can shoot. But what about this though? Like, what it like? Even I think it's even more of an issue that you are a pro hooper, and like I don't know for me. Like, I, I I'll leave this up to you, but to me, it seems like he's like that's like a like you're disrespecting the brand and like the the unwritten rules of hoops in general by doing something like that. Like, obviously there's a business aspect to the game. Like we get that James Harden holding out. We get that. You want to be traded. We get it. But at the end of the day, when it was time to play those games, James Harden was there to play the games and play the games to his highest ability. He was trying to, he was going out there trying to win. And obviously we haven't gotten to the point where Ben Simmons is in that situation, but at the end of the day, he was doing what he, what, he thought was going to help the team win. Is that, or is that not a situation where like, you're like disrespecting like the code of like playing in the A. Nah, you're right. And like, like we hear about unwritten rules in baseball all the time because it's the most prominent sport that I guess still has them. And they're kind of old, they're kind of outdated. Mm. Um, basketball unwritten rules 
more times than not fall along the lines of like safety things. Like if I'm on a fast break, there's no way that you can get nowhere near me. Like don't try to block me, you know, and potentially like knock me out of the air. You know, like your judgment is used a lot. And and when you do see a lot of chase down things, they're only really only at the highest level. Nine times out of 10, people who's chasing you down, doing too much, if it's not like a, a officiated game, it could end in a fight. Like that type of stuff is out. <laughs> like the unreal rules of hoops is more times than not, they gotta deal with, you know, your your health. You don't wanna fuck up this guy's career right. coming underneath him on a jump shot. But then there's also things that are like, I don't even know if we consider them unwritten rules or if you should consider them unwritten rules, but they're just they're like commonly known things. Like if we're playing a five on five to a certain number, I'm going to get the ball to whoever I feel is the best scorer on my team so we can go in the game. You're not going to give the ball to the guy who doesn't really shoot that well. You know, that's the type of unwritten rules and shit. And there's another one where, like, as you grow up, you start to view the game differently. As a young age, you know, I just want to shoot. You know, I want to do the cool things. I want to cross people over and score all the points and hit all the jump shots and all that stuff. And then you hit a certain point in your age where you kind of have the realization of what you are as a player. All right, I'm... I can shoot a little bit. I can score a little bit. I can handle a little bit. I can do a little bit of things. So I'm going to play this way. I'm going to attack the game this way. And then there's other people like Reggie Evans, for example. Prime guy. Everyone (laughs) knows who Reggie Evans is. Well, most people do. He was fucking terrible. At the things that we expect NBA players to be proficient at. You never (laughs) think NBA and go, you know what? I want Reggie Evans on my team. Maybe who only gets rebounds, sets good screens, plays hard, plays strong, hustles, mucks it up a little bit, and we're only going to play him for maybe 20 minutes a game. Maybe 20 minutes a game. And he got about six fouls a game. Yeah, no, nobody says that. They say they want the guy who's going to give you three-level scoring and, and, you know, leading the roster and all that stuff. Ben Simmons is the Reggie Evans guy who thinks he's the Kevin Durant. And to me, that's the disrespectful part of what he's doing to people's outlooks on basketball because people are okay. Like, I would be okay with Ben Simmons if he was doing everything that he's doing and accepting the fact that, all right, I'm not the best shooter in the world, but I'm going to shoot. Like Giannis. Yes. Like, players in the NBA, players in basketball in general, they accept who they are as players at some point in time. If he's accepting that he's not going to shoot the basketball, that's a problem. Because the thing, the, the other things that you that you're supposed to be able to do at a super proficient and extreme level, I can get that in other places. Thanks. I can get the supreme defense with Matisse Stiver. I can get gang rebounding by by the by the team. Everybody can pass. So at the end of the day, the thing that is prohibiting you from being great is the simplistic essence of basketball. And that's the problem. That's the disrespectful part because he's accepting his role as this basketball player, this form, this version, based off of things in him saying, you know, I want the the team built around me. Because in his head, he's accepting the role as, oh, I'm the mismatched playmaker. Okay, cool. But you also have to accept the fact that you got to put the work in, man. And it looks like the only time you want to shoot the basketball is when you're playing in the summertime. In between Call of Duty runs. I'm not here for that. At all. Because that's disrespecting the game. You're disrespecting the game on so many different levels when it's not like Philadelphia is asking this guy, yo, go out there and play in some chucks. Yo, go out there and hoop and I don't even some lugs, bro. It's not, but but we're we were backing him like that is the crazy like, bro. We have been backing this, but obviously there's been fans who've been criticizing Ben Simmons since the day he got here. But for the majority of us, we've been trying to defend him, back him for years now since he got to us, bro. And the mere fact 
that he doesn't respect that. And he also is like taking offense by it. It's like, bro, like you didn't step up to the plate. Like somebody made a great point. Allen Iverson never won a championship in the city of Philadelphia. Never, ever, ever. But he is the most beloved player in Philadelphia because night in, night out, he gave us his all. And we knew that. And we can respect that, bro. If you night in, night out, we know you're giving us your all. We know you're giving us everything that you have to win a game. We can respect that. We have no issues with that. But when you're going out there not doing the things that we've been asking you to do that we know you can do, that you've shown us that you can do, and you're just choosing not to do it, we're not a regular fan base. We see past the bullshit. So you're not about to put a facade over us and act like we don't know what's going on. We pick up on it, bro. This is not the place to do that. So yeah, we're gonna call you out when you on that when you on that bullshit, bro. We're gonna call you out on it. Bro, the the craziest thing is like Joel Embiid, regardless of what he does for his the duration of his Sixers career, he's gonna be one B when it comes to you know Philly fans loving a player, regardless of what they did. Even if it's just in the scope of basketball. We can talk about whoever, you know, Eagles and Flyers and Phillies, you know, people love when it comes to that. But when it comes to basketball, like, everyone loves Allen Iverson, no matter what. Joel Embiid is going to end up being that guy. Yep. In the, in, in the opposite fashion, like, Markel Fultz doesn't look that – he's not going to be looked at that bad when it's all said and done because people at least understand, oh, well, I mean, he – he was a bust because he got hurt. He didn't have it mentally, whatever. We can we at least see bits and pieces of what he was before he got hurt. Right. Ben Simmons, if I'm Ben Simmons, I would have felt some type of way that my shortcomings, this is how crazy Ben Simmons is. His shortcomings have turned him into a into the last man on the bench. When it comes to cheers, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like you know, you watching a you watching a blowout game, a local blowout game, some random high school, some random college. Say you go to your say you go to your girls' college, right? Watching a random game, and they up ninety, so they empty the bench, and you realize they about to empty the bench. So the guys about you know. Stars coming out, everyone's clapping and shit. Woo. And then as you hear the claps, you hear a louder claps in a small little section over, who knows, the top left corner of the fucking fan section. It's all the 15th man's fans out there. Because they're cheering that guy because they, God damn it, he's just out here. He's finally going to get some minutes. <laughs> don't, let, don't let the 15th man hit a shot. It's going to sound like a Super Bowl was wild in that gym. Thanks. And every single time Ben Simmons hit anything that wasn't a layup, dunk, or floater, it sounded like the Sixers just won the fucking Larry O'Brien. That's what it sounded like in that joint. Yeah, man. He was getting cheers like he's the last guy on the bench in a blowout. Anytime he did the the most common thing, which is shooting and making a jump shot. I don't know if that's his version of why he thinks that the, the Sixers fan base is mean and rude and they're not supportive and he doesn't want to be around them. I mean, bro, I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. They were holding cats up for you. I don't, I don't fuck with cats. I don't think they... <laughs> you can't I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he thought it was sarcasm. I don't know. It Maybe wasn't they, like... <laughs> Maybe there was a down under thing. Maybe they really fuck with cats down there. I don't know. Maybe they got some type of Egyptian ties. I don't know about. You know how that shit goes. Got a son. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what I do know is we were super supportive of this guy. And the timeline, which is the funniest thing to me, the timeline of reports of why he wants out. 
Oh, I can't sit with Joel Embiid. That's the weird part, man. It's the fans. Oh, no, it's the coaching. Oh, it's this, it's that. It's like, it's all these things, but it's never you. Ever. It's never, I didn't do my, I didn't hold up my part. And I'm going to give him credit. Y'all lost to the Hawks. He said he got to do better. It's on him. But yeah, like, we understand that, bro. Your shortcomings is allowing Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid the opportunity to throw ill-advised shots at you when all they're doing is answering questions. What do you think could have happened differently? Well, I mean, you know, if if, uh, if that guy, um, you know, Embiid's trying to find different words to say, but he has to say what, what he feels. If that motherfucker would have shot the damn ball instead of passing to me, Matisse Thibel, we would have won the game. Literally. It's never me with that guy. It's always the ancillary pieces, and I can't. I don't I'm out on him. I'm done with him. I've been done with him. It's like, you had a chance, man. But you know what, bro? You know what? Even if he's not there, I do like what we have, man. We have a lot of young pieces. And I think a key piece for us, and I was um, just looking at our roster, George Niang, who we got from Utah. I think that's a solid piece for us. I think where we had issues, especially against the Hawks, was power forward depth. Like, we tried to use Mike Scott, but Mike Scott really didn't fit Doc Rivers' system. And I think a guy like George Niang can really fit the system well. He shot, what, 42% last year from the three-point range and took four took four shots a game. So, I mean, that's the type of guy, stretch the floor, can rebound, can dribble as well, can be a little playmaker if need be, but he's really there to really stretch the floor, play defense, and grab rebounds. I think that's a solid pickup for us. He's a cyclone from back in the day. I don't know if you were watching college hooping <laughs> back then, but you know he led his team in his, you know, his, his later seasons in college. He led his team pretty. They were a pretty well-known team when he was in school, mm-hmm. and he'll end up probably being a fan favorite of the Sixers. You know, the Sixers loved Dario Sarge before he got moved. Um, I miss Dario. <laughs> Yeah, he was. A, I mean, Dario, not for nothing, is a very solid NBA pro. He's a guy that you would want to have on your roster. You know, he didn't get hurt. Who knows what that Suns team looks like? But different, different conversation. I like, Anywho, I like, <laughs> I like Niang. You know, I, I like Niang. I like what he can bring to the team. I like that he'll probably get some minutes with the starters here and there. I would, I would hope, I would assume. Or some version of him on the floor with Embiid that allows unique space that I don't think Embiid will see because I'm in my mind I'm I'm, I'm envisioning an offense that's not clogged and cluttered that needs Mr. Plumber. You know I'm I'm right. I'm looking at something that's open, not constricted because the main guy doesn't want to shoot that bitch. You know I'm not. I'm looking at something different. Something different. But this shit right here? <laughs> this shit right here? <laughs> like, this shit right here, Nick? This shit called Cryptocrona. This shit called Cryptocrona. Did you see my... Have you seen... Have you seen... Yes, I've seen your roster. Yes. I was just going to ask... No, I was going to ask if you've seen Tyrese Maxey put some, put some weight on. Oh, Yeah. My guy, you know, my guy been in the gym, came out summer league, snapping, carrying it. And, you know, I was, you know, he was working out with Bron, like Bron got him right, got him on the eating regimen. That's why he put on them pounds, bro. He carried it right. I can't wait to see what my guy do. He probably going to get starter minutes this year because Ben on that bullshit. So we here for it. Starting from, uh, I mean, he's a clutch client, you know, <laughs> he's a clutch client, and um, it might be a long season for you, man. To me, I think it's gonna be a long season for you, man, because look, 
I don't know if you know this, but I'm a fan of an organization. Right. Right. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of like I'm not a fan of, of like I'm not the, the fans of LeBron who like, you know, he whatever team he's on, his mm. fan base is a fan of that. Like I'm a fan of the organization of the Lakers. Which means I gotta defend my guys to, to a high level. I gotta make sure that people aren't talking ill and nastily, crazily, disgustingly to and about my guys. And like Carmelo Anthony's here now. Oh my God! Here he go. I don't need. <laughs> I'm gonna need all. This was this is what's wrong with you light skin guys, yo. Y'all get y'all guy in y'all spot, and now it's mellow this triple threat that, and you was never talking like that before. It was Bron this, Bron that, eighty this, eighty that. I, 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 not me. <laughs> 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 Not me. I was telling people, yo, Melo had 37 for the Blazers last night. Don't worry <laughs> But that ain't why it's going to be long for you because the Brody's over here. And now the real question is, what the fuck happens if you win that championship? Y'all not. You're, you said this last year, bro. And I'm not. Bro, this is what, this is what I'm talking about. The Lakers fans kill me, bro, because y'all said this last year. Then y'all was off. Then y'all was off the back. Oh, what if we win a trip at the back? At the back, we got AD. We, we got bro. We good. Alex Caruso. We good. <laughs> Come out. <laughs> you calling it, me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Me? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we were never, I personally was never hyping up Alex Caruso. I was trying to tell people you can't <laughs> believe in, like, talking yourself into role players is, is, is the start of a, a, a horrific season. We had a chance to probably go repeat, maybe, but, you know, Anthony Davis gets hurt all the time. And... See, that's the thing, bro. That's, and, and to be real, right, you guys have the most players over 30 years old. Nine, to be exact. Nine players over 30 years old. And then you have the most players over 35 years of age of five, five players. And so then when you look at recent history and then your best player, if not, I mean, your second best player, if not your best player, chronically gets injured as well. So it's just like, damn, like, do the Lakers, like, is this fool's gold again? Like, are we going to, because, I mean, we thought this last year, right? We thought double bag, back-to-back, Braun, AD, great tandem. They were able to make it work in the bubble. Why not? You know, second year, run it back. Let's go. Let's do it. And then things, people got hurt, things went left, and it didn't go their way. So now we double back again. We get, oh, Dwight Howard's back. So everything should be cool. No. As again, like we're depending on people who are older in their careers and haven't proven that they can make it through a season. And I think that's going to be the biggest issue with the Lakers this year is can they stay healthy? Can enough guys stay healthy to be ready by the playoffs? Because I think if you guys stay healthy, and, uh, and have your core guys healthy around the playoffs. Y'all going to be cool. Y'all going to be cool. We're right. Y'all going to be cool. But that's a big I, – I, it's literally 50-50. I don't know if y'all are going to be able to make it 82 games. I just don't. And, and time has told us that, that, that it is probably not going to happen. Um, I feel like you're cursing at me right now. Nah, I'm just keeping it a bean. No, 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 no. I feel like you're cursing me right now. I feel like you're being disrespectful, and I really feel like you're forgetting <laughs> the fact that, like, let's just let's just circle let's let's circle it back real fast. Yeah, we thought we was gonna repeat for sure. Always do. Just in the nature. I mean, we got LeBron, LeBron James. I'm I'm assuming we're gonna at least have a you know a a, a, a Deontay Wilder's chance in winning the punches fight. <laughs> Punch, give me one, give me two. Nah, we got hurt. I get it. But the thing that I noticed that I was trying to give people a little bit more 
insight on like last year's team versus the team that won the championship. Same core players, the insulated players were not a fit at all. We won that championship in large part because the things that we quote unquote lost when we went to the bench, those guys still excelled high, highly. And they were rim protectors. They were athletic bigs. They were able to make up for defense when we had, you know, lapses. We were an incredibly mm. good defensive team when we won the championship. Last year, we had fat-ass Marcus Saul and guys like that running <laughs> around becoming borderline unplayable. Then we went and got fucking your cousin, Andre Drummond. And it's we have him now. I don't, I don't Yeah, but don't you know. guys also had Dwight Howard. And I'm pretty sure he was fucking tripping for it all last year in the playoffs when, when the B went to the bench. But now all of a sudden he's a fucking older in the tooth, younger. Nah, nah, nah. No, that's cool. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I remember these things. It's okay. <laughs> now Dwight's older because he's on the Lakers. But if he would have doubled back and signed back with y'all, he would have been cool. I get it. I understand. <laughs> but to me, I like our chances. Of course, everything's with a grain of salt if we're healthy. That's with any championship team. I mean, you guys could win a chip if Ben Simmons ever decides to shoot, but that's a different conversation. We are extremely old. I'll give it to you. Throw the shit. shit. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys who were at least 32. And the youngest one being Kent Bazemore, which is a problem. I got some beef with Kent Bazemore to try to bag one of my chicks back in Old Dominion, but we ain't going to talk about that. That seems to be a theme. Anyway, you know, we got a lot of different pieces that I don't think people are giving that much attention to. You know, Kendrick Nunn. I was about to say that, dude. I, I really like that Kendrick Nunn pickup. Now, I get it. People were down on him. He was struggling last year, but, you know, Rona, bubble, Rona again. It's a lot. The heat kind of slid downward last year. You know, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Kent Bazemore, the aforementioned nice guy. He's not that good of a player, but he can give you a solid four minutes here and there. Might get hot, might get you 15 one night. Who knows? He's had the chance to go play on, you know, some pretty good teams around some pretty good vets. So that's a vet that I would like to have. Not too bad. I'd rather have a guy like Seth Curry. Hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I think Malik Monk can serve and suffice great. I was waiting for, I was waiting for you to talk about him. Damn. You got you to get your shooter last. You know, if right, you're right, 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 right. off, get fucked up. Right. Mm. I think Malik Monk's going to have a big year for us. I, I mean, I hope so. I mean, I really like uh, Malik Monk. I really like him coming out of Kentucky. I thought he was going to be um, a solid pro, but I just feel like the you know his the trajectory of his career kind of shifted when it seemed like Charlotte was more you know invested in Devontae Graham. Which I mean, I get it. You know, Devontae Graham started snapping. You know, he's playing at a high level. He's a should have been, he, been most improved that year, but when definitely that's what I'm saying. But I get it. You know, it is what it is. Politics. But Malik Monk is no scrub. I just don't think he fit, fit you know, what they were trying to do there in Charlotte. I think that he gets a uh, gets a solid shot in uh, in L.A. with you guys. I, I really like his game. He He's really – I think what people don't give him credit for is I think he's really grown his game. Like putting the ball on the floor and being able to shoot off the dribble, I think he's really elevated his game in that facet of being able to, you know, put the ball on the floor sometimes. And like that's the key thing with shooters, right? The key thing with shooters is, yeah, you're a shooter, but – are you still able to put that ball on the floor when need be to get a bucket as well? And so that's the kind of thing that he's been working on. I, 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 I like what I've seen from him. And, you know, not for nothing, I would love to, I mean, it's a shame this guy's hurt, but I would love for him to go and pick the, pick the, pick the mind of a guy like Jamal Murray, mm. you know, pick the, pick the mind of a guy like Devin Booker. Guys who were just like him when they were in Kentucky, who were only the shooters of the team. I was about to say they Kentucky brothers. Yeah, so like I would love to see him, you know, get with those guys, see how they they added that handle and that that creativity to their game because those two, and Devin Booker and Jamal Murray, are two 
of the top tier like guards in the NBA as when it comes yes. you know just beating you in a multiple different ways. So I would I, I'm very anxious to see what Malik Monk does. So my question to you am I gonna have to defend Russell Westbrook all season? Yeah it looks like it that's your guy now that is your guy <laughs> that's oh. your guy no, but you know, I think that's interesting that you bring him up, though, because I think we're going to see a different side of Russ. And I, I don't know if it's I think it's just the way that I've seen Russ talk and the way I've seen Bron talk. It seems like there's like an understanding. Obviously, when you're playing with LeBron James, it's just he 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 warrants a certain amount of respect. And so like people and players are more willing to, you know, put their games aside to for the betterment of the team. And I think that's like that's a trait that Braun has that you know, just special players have. And I think just I think we're gonna see less erratic play from Russell Westbrook, more of a tamed Russell Westbrook. And I may actually be pro Russell Westbrook this this year if if Braun makes him play in a controlled system and gets the most out of him. You may not hear anything bad come out my mouth about Russell Westbrook this year. You really may not. It, it may be a rare sighting. But if I mean it. There's always a chance that he could be his his self and be on that bullshit though. So I think I think we'll get I don't even know what number I would put to it. I feel like we'll get 75% controlled rush, 25% out of control, but that out of control is gonna be loud as shit. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna be loud as shit. And the only reason why I feel that way is because I I feel like like I saw I saw LeBron and some Lakers stuff come out about them wanting to push the pace you know be be the best fast breaking mm-hmm. team in the NBA which to me is that rings to me and that says to me they're going to be a lot of Russ and goes not giving goes Russ and goes Russ and goes someone's going to get the board and they're going to give it to Russ. Do your thing. He gonna get the board, bro. You know how he carry it. He gonna get the board. And that's gonna be something I'm gonna be very, very, very interested to see. Because he's gonna be on a team with guys who actually no, because I can't even say Anthony Davis lives and breathes rebounds because he don't be doing that shit when I bet on him. It's really only Brian. So yeah, he probably is gonna be down there getting a bunch of boards. You know? So how do you feel? So okay, so that's how we feel about Russ, right? But how do you feel about AD? Reports are, I mean, what he's saying is that he will be playing a five a lot. And we, what we know is that he don't like playing the five. But in the presser, he said, you know, he's willing to play the five. How much of the five do you think he actually plays? And, I mean, does, you know, you know, does he like, does he end up playing it more? Is that, what do you see? Ah, uh, see. <laughs> Anthony Davis played last night. I don't know if you know that. He did. Yeah, I know. I saw him. Yeah. That tells me that he that, that LeBron got in his ass and was like, listen, bro, we ain't doing this bullshit that you was doing last year. <laughs> you know, you just you just hit hit on it. LeBron wants a different level of respect, wants a different level of play, wants a different level of attention to detail. Russell Westbrook does that same thing. No matter where he goes, he he gets the best out of the people around him. Carmelo Anthony is a legendary basketball player who will always be respected and everyone knows who he is. Anthony Davis, you cannot come into this room with LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook and be on that bullshit that you was doing last year. That's facts. For him accepting the role as being the five, all right, cool, we're going to see. We won't see because there's one thing of, you know, being a five going against the Pistons or somebody like that. It's another thing being a five and going against the Suns. DeAndre mm-hmm. Aiden, high motor guy, or we're going against the Nuggets with a, a, a sloppy, strong, super crafty Jokic on It's different. There's different levels of being the five and wanting to play the five. You can be the five, but if you don't want to play the five, we're going to have problems as a team. So I'm going to need to know. What the starting five is going to be? Is Brown playing the four? Is Trevor Reza playing the three? Is Wayne Ellington playing the two? Is it Malik Monk at the two with Russ? Who knows? 
And I, and I think that's I think that's the thing for LA is that I think you're gonna have and see a lot of different starting lineups for them this season. Oh, just just because I mean just because of like the varying rosters of the teams that they're playing. Like I think there's a reason why they have DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard on that team is because when they're playing Joel Embiid, they're going to throw Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan at that five spot because AD is just not going to be able to take that. That He's not going to be able to take that and then score on the other end. Like, that's what I think people don't pay attention to that too much is, like, how much defense takes away from your offensive game. And, like, there's not a lot of guys who can – like, that's why being a two-way player is a thing. Like, that's why Kawhi is such, like, an anomaly because, like, being able to play defense and tough defense on one end and then still go score against the best defenders, against that other team's best defenders, is, is, is a hard thing to do. Like, not everybody can do that night in, night out. So they're definitely going to – and AD's not that guy. We know he's not. Like, let's just be honest. He's a very special player, but he's not a two-way player who's going to give you top-tier defense – on one end of the floor every single night and then still be able to go and get his. That's just not in him. So there's going to be nights where Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan get the start and he's playing the four. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like, Anthony Davis is always thought of as an incredibly great defender, which he is, but it's more so team defense than it is individual defense. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of that has to do with him being a big as opposed to a, a perimeter defender. You know, he's... He can guard the perimeter. You, you'll you live with him in pick and roll, pick and switches. You'll live with that because mm-hmm. of the length. Exactly. And you, know, and you know he's not going to give up on a play if he gets beat. He's going to try to block. But him being a good defender in the sense of, oh, we'll let him just rock with Joel and be down there? Nah, bro. You wouldn't you, – you might not like him down there with a guy like Demontis Sabonis. Those yeah. – Physical guys who will get into – you can't block nothing if you ain't got no legs to jump. I say it all the time. <laughs> you know, that physicality is a thing. So, we're going to see. I just need to know if the NBA is going to be bullshitting when my man Melo come down, pump fake, lean into a guy, and he don't get the call. I guess we're on the yay segment, bro, because it's just like – I don't know how they're going to police this because it's such a – you it, you really have to take it by a case-by-case situation and you're leaving it at the discretion of the ref. And we saw this in football when they tried to, you know, leave the pass interference calls to the discretionary of the ref where it just didn't flow right. There was too many varying opinions on it. You have to have something concrete. And I think this rule is going to impose a lot of issues. I think it's going to affect a lot of guys getting to the line, especially guys like Melo, James Harden. I think even guys like Joel Embiid where, you know, the swing through and like, are they going to call that a foul now? Some refs may call it. Some may, some refs may deem it as, oh, he's trying to initiate the contact. So like, there's now an issue of like, that's actually a foul because if I'm trying to swing through, that's a natural basketball motion. That's not me trying to, lunge into my defender but there is leaning involved so now is it a foul is it not a foul what are we talking about <laughs> see i really hope this turns into one of those nfl emphasis rules like <laughs> like this year like oh taunt things out the window you taunt with throwing the fucking flag first couple weeks it was ridiculous last two weeks we haven't seen as much Thanks. So I'm hoping that, you know, first couple weeks of the season, we'll see a lot of terrible calls. We'll see a lot of segments on TV about it. And then it'll kind of go to the wayside. Because what they cannot do is something – what's going on right now is something that I never thought I would see my NBA do, which is listen to the nerds of social media complaining that James Harden and Kyrie Irving are ruining the NBA and all these other guys like Joel Embiid are ruining the NBA. They're faking the funk. They're in their illusionists who are creating fouls out of thin air and the ref are falling for it. When no one was saying that about Dirk and his Molina and Lays or 
Tim Duncan swing through rip that was called a foul and he was hitting all the bank shots that everyone loved back when David Robinson was getting 90s off the of two-point lays. I, I I don't know. I don't know if this isn't this is unfamiliar territory for me because if it was up to me, I would hope they would listen to the guys like me who would say, fuck it. Officiate the NBA like you're <laughs> officiating the Olympics. Let's just call let's let's just do it. Because we know whether we like officiating the NBA or not. Whenever we watch the Olympic Games, we see it a a different brand of basketball and play. Yeah. And what we do see a lot of when we watch the Olympic Games is guys like Damian Lillard, guys like Jason Tatum, driving, flailing, looking for a call off of a little bit of contact. It took them two, three games in the Olympics to be like, you know what? I'm going to have to take this extra dribble and be a fucking man for them to get this call. <laughs> because they're so, they're, they're so programmed to play ball under the NBA whistle that they don't even acknowledge the fact that our whistles in the NBA are soft. Thanks. So now what you're about to do is penalize the players. You're going to penalize the players who have a talent that not everybody in the NBA can have or do. Because if it was that easy to consistently draw fouls on defenders and go to the line, everybody in the NBA would be doing it. LeBron James would be going to the line all the time. He doesn't. Historically, he doesn't go to the line that often, which is ridiculous. But that's a different conversation because I'm not really a big Brown Brown fan, but I keep it a bean. But you got guys like Joel Embiid who average about 10, 11 free throws a game. James Harden, 10, 11 free throws a game. That's the that's the list for the most part. <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's that's the list. Then the next two guys are probably eight to nine attempts a game, seven to eight attempts a game, something like that. Not everybody can draw the fouls. Now I understand some things have to be subjective and some things have to be a little bit more reined in you know but we've seen changes now we've seen about three or four of them the tim duncan rip through that everyone tried to call it kevin durant rip through no wrong wrong guy guys it's 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 timmy d that's no longer a shooting foul so it's side out mm-hmm. the reggie miller leg kick off the jump shots it's no longer a thing it's now an offensive foul okay all right we're getting somewhere. I'm I'm down with both of those changes. But what we're not going to do is start saying what is or isn't leaning in and what is or isn't leaning out. Like, if that's the case, y'all will be calling offensive fouls all over the place on Kobe Bryant. And I dare I, I, dare I say I wouldn't believe I would see it. <laughs> I just don't think that we would see something like that. Not lying. So, so we're going to see, man, because – you're now opening a can of worms that you're trying to almost police the talent out of certain guys. Because I'm firmly of the camp that if it was that easy for everybody to draw fouls, everybody would be doing it. But they're not. The list is a list for a reason. (laughs) Okay? The list is a list for a reason. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Because If we're trying to get the game to a free-flowing level, it's already that. We should be trying to get the game to be more black and white because it's very subjective when I walk around and I see Trey Young throw up a floater with a thumb in his back and all of a sudden it's a foul in Philly. No. <laughs> take, <laughs> that, take that out of the league. Don't, don't, penalize, don't penalize Joel Embiid for – Two left shoulders, a shimmy, and then a pump fake, and he gets fouled, and all of a sudden y'all telling me that it wasn't really a foul call because it wasn't his natural motion. He's seven foot battling with seven foot. Not everything's going to look natural. At all. And I don't trust these fucking guys because Tim Donaghy was out here doing the wild shit, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know how you feel about that. Look, man, I mean, I think you said everything. Um, make sure everybody go out there, follow To Be Determined on Instagram, 
follow us on Twitter. We're great Twitter Twitter followers. I, I I think we I think we pretty solid Twitter follower. I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I you know, but what I can say for myself, I say I'm a pretty good Twitter follower. I mean, I don't know. I just want to know where my blue check is at. I mean, me too. I would love my blue check. I, mean, I got a lot of I got a lot of DMs I need to get off with a blue check, but that that's to be determined. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Fuck this.